As we inch our way to the end of our liturgical year, we are inching our way to the end of our lives as well. Even though oftentimes we don't want to think about it, some people even think it's morbid to think about it. I would say quite the opposite. There's freedom in knowing the truth of our existence, the fact that it's just a matter of time, when we don't know, where we don't know, how we don't know, but we do know all of us will pass from this life. And what happens next really does determine how we live in this life. If, after all, if we think that all we do is die and go into the earth and nothing more, I think our culture shows that the choices we make are a lot different than if we think we're going to be accountable at some point. After all, if all we're going to do is die, if this is all there is, well, then you might as well live it to the nth degree, meaning get as much as you can at any cost because it doesn't matter. There's no repercussions. There's no accountability. It's only you. If, after all, we think that at some time we'll have to have an accounting of what we've done in this world, what we've done with what God has given to us, our health, our intelligence, family, friends, if we have to give an accounting for that, then I would think we would live a little bit different life. And to, to show this, I think any of us in this room that are driving down the street and all of a sudden see a car behind us with little red bubbles, we all of a sudden become very attentive, don't we? We make sure that we're right in the lane the way we should be and our speed is right. If he wasn't behind us, we wouldn't be as attentive. There is something to the accountability factor. Not that that is the best that's not our goal, of course. It's not the, the best reason to do, you know, live a good life or do what we should do. But it should be part of it. I mean, ultimately, we wish that people would just live a good life because we're good people. But the fact is, is we're not good people. We're fallen people. And because of our sinfulness, we're always looking inward instead of outward. And so those external things help us to stay in the straight and narrow. Because otherwise, left to our own devices, we do go inward. And the more inward we go, we would call that hell, the more lonely we become, and the more dark our world is. And we're seeing an awful lot of that today because we don't believe in an accountability or an afterlife. Jesus today is dispelling quite clearly uh, a group of people who are clinging to an erroneous thought. For those who think, you know, Jesus just doesn't care what we really believe as long as we're nice and we're all go going to heaven, he's correcting that today. There is a right way of thinking about life and death, and he's making it very clear that the Sadducees are wrong. And that because they're wrong, they're leading people astray. 
And actually, the Sadducees are intent on leading people astray. They are the people of power at the po this point in the gospel. And anyone who has power wants to hold on to their power. And what's the best way to use your power? How do you control or dominate others? Fear. And so, by claiming that, you know, there is no resurrection, this is it, you know, they can manipulate and control the circumstances of their environs. And Jesus is making clear, nope, you're not the judges after all. So the Sadducees pose this question to Jesus, and it's a, it's a good question, and it's a fair question, because Moses certainly did say what, what uh, they're quoting Moses is saying. The problem is, is Moses often said things, quote Jesus here, because of the hardness of your hearts. But it wasn't that way in the beginning, end quote. So Moses allowed an awful lot. We call that being pastorally sensitive. When you let go of the rules for a particular situation because you know someone is struggling and trying to make it through. But Moses would do that more often than not because of the hardness of heart. And so they posed the question that Moses, you know, again, Sometimes some of the, the Jewish people, their belief of afterlife is you, you rise or your, your resurrection is in the memory of the living. But not all Jews believe that. A good number of Jews believed in the afterlife, and that's the whole first reading. The Maccabee uh, Jewish family believed in the afterlife, which is why they could do what they did, why they made the choices that they made, because they knew what can you do to me? Yeah, you can extinguish life here, but my Father is going to raise me up to eternal life. Our belief in the afterlife makes a difference in the choices we make today. There was a, a quote from one of the survivors of one of the school shootings, and he kept running in and, and, and pulling people out. And the reporter said, what is wrong with you? You could have died. And he looked at him and said, I know where I'm going. What? what, you want five more minutes here on earth? I mean, at what cost? Some things are worth dying for, namely being a humanitarian. Or in the, the first reading of the Maccabees, our relationship with God. It's called integrity. I say I love God. I say I follow God. I say I believe what God uh, has offered as divine revelation. Well, it comes at a cost. Sadly, our world right now, you know, this is the world of martyrs, a generation of martyrs. We don't realize that, of course, because our, our press doesn't report it. But there are more uh, going on now than there were in the first few centuries of, of the church's existence. And I wonder when it comes to America, will we endure? Will we find a Maccabean family in our midst? After all, it's hard enough just to make it to Sunday Mass, isn't it? Let alone be at the end of a sword or whatever device they would use to get us to deny our faith. You and I are in a privileged position. All we have to do is live the faith. There are really no physical threats. Just the boredom of it all, I guess, waking up every day and talking to God and giving your life to Him and trying to be kind to people around us and 
praying throughout the day and being generous. Again, the afterlife, what we believe in the afterlife, will dictate the choices we make. Because we believe in a resurrection, we see people who are extremely charitable with their goods because they know not only they can't take it with them, but they're going to be accountable someday. The church does what we're doing up here right now, candles and names, because we believe. Because we believe a very specific thing, that when we die, we will be judged. And most of us, 99% of us when we die, are still clinging. We're not really open to the Lord yet. And so the, the community, as it were, is praying that the soul that has died will let go of whatever they're clinging to, either erroneous philosophies and theologies of sorts, or things, stuff, people, possessions. So because we believe in judgment and, and an afterlife, we pray for them. And we believe that because we're the mystical body of Christ by virtue of our baptism, that our prayers have merit, are effective. What we believe in the afterlife makes a difference in the choices we make today. This week, go through your checkbook or your credit cards <laughs> or your Venmo accounts. I don't know the rest. That's all I know. I'm old. Look through and see what, where is your stuff going. Look at your calendar. Where's your time spent? All of these things will tell you what you believe about the afterlife. What we believe about our afterlife will show itself in the choices we're making today. Like that young man at that school, if you know where you're going, fear is useless. What are we afraid of? Five minutes of suffering or pain or discomfort or inconvenience? If we know that going into the face of Almighty God is our destiny, we should be very brave and courageous people. Let's pray for grace this week that our hearts and minds will be open to correction about what we believe regarding the afterlife. Let's pray that we will meet up with Jesus' divine revelation of what the afterlife is all about.